Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Hey there, a quick warning about today's episode. We're going to talk about police shootings, and there is some descriptive language that might be hard for some of you to hear. At a city council meeting this week in Vallejo, family members of three men of color, Angel Ramos, Ronnell Foster, and Willie McCoy, who were all shot and killed by police over the last year and a half, demanded the truth and accountability. I'm not asking, I'm demanding, we're demanding. All the families who have lost loved ones here at the hands of VPD, we traumatized, we tired, they got to go. Vallejo residents have been outraged at police violence for years. Now, they're getting some help. What feels different now is that it's not just black and brown people complaining. Today, the growing group of families and activists in Vallejo who are calling for change. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. What got you interested in reporting in Vallejo and specifically on some of these incidents with police? Do you have some time? <laughs> Otis Taylor is a columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle. It was when Dewan Hall, a black man, was beaten by a Vallejo police officer. In March of 2017, bystanders took cell phone video of a Vallejo police officer beating Hall on a median strip of the road. Hall was unarmed. That beating went viral. It went viral because the officer, while he's beating Dewan Hall, unholstered his his weapon and pointed it at people who were videotaping the incident. So when I was reporting on Dewan Hall, what I found was people saying, we've been trying to tell media this. Residents say Vallejo police have a history of violence toward black and brown people. And new body camera footage from two shootings have left people feeling like Vallejo police haven't been telling the truth. All media yes. doesn't give Vallejo a lot of attention. And it seems like that was a major thing that drew you to Vallejo in the first place, let alone all these stories that were coming out. What were people saying at the time when these kinds of things were happening and nobody was paying attention? I got connected to um, a woman, Cindy Mitchell is her name. The beating of Dewan Hall reminded her of her brother's killing by Vallejo police. Her brother was Mario Romero. 
Mario Romero was shot and killed by Vallejo police officers in front of one of his sister's houses in September 2012. Through talking to her, I found another incident, um, Angel Ramos, young Latino man who was killed in his uh, family's home in January 2017. Mm -hmm. And in that case, I felt that the police, according to media reports and, and their, their, their police reports, even in the Chronicle, their version of events are misrepresented from what the people, the witnesses say. And that was when I realized that this is a systemic issue. This is not just Dewan Hall, this goes viral. This is not an isolated incident. This has been happening for over a decade. And I felt that it was you know, incumbent on me to really dig into it and investigate it. Back in 2012, KQED reported that the rate of fatal police shootings in Vallejo was 38 times the national rate and 20 times more than Oakland and San Francisco. This month, an NBC investigation found Vallejo has the highest rate of officer shootings per capita in Northern California and the third highest in the state. William McCoy was the 16th death involving Vallejo police officers since 2011. By comparison, San Francisco has had 22 since 2011. San Francisco is several times larger yeah, than Vallejo. Yeah, right. 120,000 residents in yeah. Vallejo, uh, upwards of maybe 900,000 in San Francisco. Exactly. Oftentimes... Uh, people who aren't from Solano County, aren't from Vallejo, just don't really understand. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a city of 120,000 people. It's one of the most diverse cities in the country. What is it about Vallejo, do you think, outside the police department that has allowed the police department to operate in the way it has? Well, one thing about Vallejo, it's, you know, 30 miles from Oakland, where this wouldn't be happening in Oakland or San Francisco. We would have had another chief by now in Vallejo. But you're right. It's it's diverse. You know, black, white, Asian, Latino, they live in equal numbers. But this there's this stubborn racial divide that exists. We still have, uh, I believe, in Vallejo, this idea that any black or brown person is is doing something illegal. And I think that's how the cops operate. What's happening in Vallejo now that feels different from what was happening when you first started reporting there? I think what feels different now is that it's not just black and brown people complaining. I mean, you have uh, residents who've lived in Vallejo for decades who now see that all this attention coming to this city, this negative attention, has to do with the police department. It's not just the victims of police brutality showing up to city council meetings, showing up to rallies. It's it's older white people. It's older Asian people. It's it's because, as you know, Vallejo is a very mixed community. Yeah, it, it I think it's one of the most mixed communities in the United States. Yes. I don't blame the police. They've been trained to use the blunt instrument of force to solve one of our nation's deepest social problems. As a white person of privilege... I'm responsible too. So tonight our community comes to our mayor and our council asking you to lead us with courage, caring, and compassion so the McCoy family in our community can begin to heal. Two months ago, Vallejo police released video of the February 2019 shooting of Willie McCoy. 
that man was shot more than 20 times and he was sleeping and it's all there on video. And this month, Vallejo police released another body cam video of the deadly shooting of Ronell Foster in February 2018. It took Vallejo police more than a year to release that video. For a year, his family had to listen to the police narrative that Ronell Foster tried to attack a police officer with his flashlight, making the police officer fear for his life. And then when we see the video, it's anything but that. What we do see is a black man scared of his life as a police officer chased him down the alley. And this police officer had the nerve to say that he just wanted to educate him about bike safety. That's what was said. Yes. The statement says there was a struggle and, quote, the subject managed to forcibly take away a metal flashlight from the officer and armed himself with it. The officer, fearing imminent and serious physical harm, discharged his duty firearm, striking the suspect. Attorneys for Foster's family are skeptical. I'm, I'm taking a different approach of, of late because it's not so much, you know, what the victims say or what witnesses say. It's also what the police say. And that officer who shot Ron L. Foster, Ryan McMahon, said he was just trying to stop Foster because he noticed him riding his bike erratically and without lights. And he wanted to stop him and educate him on bike safety. My name is Paula McGowan and Ron L. Foster was my son. My son was killed for not having a bike light on his bike. They shot him all in his back, all in his head, for simply riding his bike and running away. What you see in the video is Foster running away. My point in all this, Devin, is that the police haven't been accurate in their storytelling, and it's time for someone to shine a light on that. At these city council meetings, what are people saying they want? You have this long list of people signing up to, to speak. The problem that we are here today discussing is that we are being killed we're being slaughtered, we're being murdered in these streets by police officers that are sworn to protect and serve us. They are not protecting us. They are not serving as they should on the police force. They are killing us. People are, are saying that there's just, there's no, there's no responsibility. I think that's what it boils down to. This, these events have happened and no one has been held responsible. The Solano County District Attorney decided not to file charges against the officer who killed Angel Ramos. Decisions on charges against officers in the Ronnell Foster and Willie McCoy shootings are still pending. At the city council meeting this week, the families and activists demanded that officers be charged and that the city tell the public what really happened. We are not going to be quiet about these issues and we're not going to let you continue to get away with this. You are going to start to see a change. In the community, we have had enough and you're not going to like what you see because we are sick and tired of standing before you asking you for justice. You have people now just throwing decorum to the side and calling out city council members by name and just telling them how they're failing, that their platitudes and their words mean nothing when police officers who have killed people are still roaming the streets. And you, Mr. Mayor, previous law enforcement, you're no help. One officer um, particularly has gotten attention. His name's Ryan McMahon, and here's why. 
McMahon was the officer who shot and killed Ronnell Foster in February 2018. He was also one of the six officers that shot and killed Willie McCoy a year later in February 2019. Involved in two yes, police killings. within a year. How safe will your tourists feel when they know that you have officers like Ryan McMahon who shot and killed Ronnell Foster and a year less than a week later he was involved in the execution of Willie McCoy. People have had enough that he still has a job on the police force. And you have these residents showing up and then just how they pushed toward the dais. Like how, you know, just this, this rage, the sense of rage that they feel. And it's rippling through the chain. You ought to be ashamed of your ourselves. People are, you know, shouting them on, telling them to go ahead. And, you know, they're... They don't fear the police anymore. And the police are standing there, you know, hands, you know, these stances that project power. But that doesn't matter anymore because it seems that people believe unless they push forward, it's going to continue happening. And this is their only recourse right now. We saw this in Sacramento with Stefan Clark. Yes. I feel like I've seen this in Oakland myself. Yes. And I I think about Vallejo and I think about the police not having similar experiences maybe in San Francisco and Oakland. And I think about what this moment potentially means. Like mm-hmm. there's a couple ways it could go. They could learn from this and they could adjust or there could be pushback. I, I know this for certain. If there aren't changes made at the top that say, if you do this, you will be held responsible. And I'm talking about internally. Someone else is going to die. I'm trying to report on intimidation by your local police officers. Not one city council person responded. The supervisor uh, on board of supervisors who represents Phileo did not respond. A congressman did not respond. That is problematic when your elected officials who are representing these people are not willing to respond. Because it's Vallejo Mm -hmm. and it's not San Francisco and it's not Oakland and there hasn't been the change or at least the pressure, I should say, like in those cities, um, it's been able to like fly under the radar, I feel like. It's been Mm -hmm. able to kind of dodge some of these issues that would otherwise be like right in front of their face yeah you if this was oakland or san francisco you would have people in the streets day after day after day but here's the thing um cap brooks has been showing up an activist from oakland who's very well known yes i mean that's the change you know you got cap brooks showing up and saying you know we're not going to let this stand um Vallejo's just far enough away. You only have 
the Vallejo Times Herald, one news organization. Things go unchecked, and as we're seeing in Vallejo, people are are dying as a result. And that's that's not hyperbole. This is what's happening. The city of Vallejo has agreed to work with the U.S. Justice Department to improve the police department's culture and its policies. And it's brought in a special advisor to work on community relations. But activists point out that the person hired is a former Oakland police chief who abruptly resigned amid controversy. The city's also looking for a new police chief who's retiring this summer. The Bay was produced this week by Ashley Ann Krigbaum, Amanda Font, Erica Cruz Guevara, and editor Erica Aguilar. KQED's leadership team includes Vinnie Tong, Julie Kane, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for The Bay. Talk to you next week. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.